0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. When two Division I athletes discuss the challenges and successes of navigating life after competing, you get conversations designed by athletes for athletes. I'm Don Sutton.
0: And I'm Brooke Beerhouse, sharing with the athletic community stories and insights to better understand life when Your Sport Ends. Hello, knowledge seekers, athletes, and curious humans. I'm Brooke Beerhouse, alongside my insightful co-host Don Sutton, on this week's episode of When Your Sport Ends. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? For the first two episodes of this podcast, we decided to interview each other as a way for you to better understand who we are and why this topic is important to us. Up first is an interview and candid conversation with my co host, Don Sutton. Don is a lifelong athlete and former Texas Longhorn swimmer. Currently, he specializes in finance for retail software. Don's passion is helping large and small suppliers solve problems through big data and analytics. On the side, Don enjoys helping a local sustainability group provide zero-waste events. This is our conversation.
1: I will say that I think I'm disciplined. Yeah. Much from the sport and trying to continue to be within that sport. Um, Honest, I try to... Say it how it is, yeah. even if it's brutal.
0: And that honesty will probably come through on the podcast, too, which yeah. is good for everyone. Yeah. Because you need those those hard and honest um, anecdotes and questions.
1: Definitely. And uh, just because it keeps coming back within the last couple of weeks, definitely stubborn. Stubborn, yeah. <laughs> You're going to finish my sentence for me, huh? Yeah. I mean, I knew it
0: was coming. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's true, and I think that all of those aspects were uh, with me ten years ago as well. Yeah, but some were a little bit stronger than others. I'd say Mm -hmm. now, and uh, definitely a little bit more humble than I was in those days. So comes
0: with excelling at a sport, don't you think? A lot of NCAA athletes, collegiate, university, pro athletes probably have uh, there's a lot of humble athletes but i think there's a bit of every athlete that's like i'm the best i don't need
1: yeah yeah i i think so i mean every like i feel like in a way you might have to have a little bit of that and i mean to excel yeah i think uh i It seemed like I was a big fish in a small pond. Then you go to college and then you're like, wow, everybody's fast.
0: (laughs) Everyone's hit those And then you're like,
1: wow, all right, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So, and... Did that happen at first
0: when you were in, like, was there a moment when you realized that? Was it in practice or was it in a meet whenever you got to college and were like, damn, this this is a new level of
1: training was crazy I knew yeah. training would be heavy um, just day one day one training it's crazy like especially at that level you you see a lot of fast people yeah. and a lot of fast kids your age as well much faster than me I was yeah it was uh, it was very humbling right off the bat but you know, you want to be there and you want to try and do your best to contribute to the team in the best way possible so you just suck it up and you get cranking but it's for the best right like that's kind of why you want that team team. you want to you want to race you want to push each other you want to Really get into it, and I think I excelled more in practice than I did in my own meets because I wanted to push people like within the team, yeah. which is a different aspect. But they always said, "Oh man, there were two guys who uh, were in not in my lanes; they were further down, but they would be going really hard in warm up, and they would just be like." <laughs> So, one of my college roommates, Eric, he's just this nutso, like, he and this other guy, Austin Seroff, would just push each other in warm-up to the point where they would go, like, 144s in warm-up in two freestyles, and (laughs) they would just be lapping, like, (laughs) some people, but they would just push each other so hard in warm-up itself before, like, practices even started. We still have an hour and a half to go, you know? (laughs) And... (laughs) But that's a good thing, you yeah, know, that's like what you head. want and that's what you need. And I think that that's, uh, I always liked that about where I swam. So
0: that's a cool, that's an interesting aspect. Cause I feel like I liked that component of training for a while and mm-hmm. then it became more unhealthy in the terms of like, you just get into this,
1: yeah you get into the zone zone. where
0: everything's a competition. And I saw that being sort of like one of the reasons that I didn't enjoy running anymore because everything was a competition. Every training session, every Mm -hmm. um, lifting whenever we had it, it was like it became a lot, but I think it's good for some aspects. I'm almost wondering if it's like even a female male perspective on things being like, you know, maybe one, kind of thrives off of having competition all the time in training Mm -hmm. and maybe like others not so much. It might not be a gender thing. It could just be how you, you know.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. I think for me, uh, it started becoming more like the sport being in school. Like I was pushed to graduate in four by our Mm -hmm. athletic department nothing against that. I'm glad I graduated in four. Uh, but it was, it was becoming more of an outlet than Mm -hmm. me seeing it as that passion that I loved. And I think that that really, so like when I'd go to these travel meets and stuff, I don't know, I just wasn't in it as much. I saw it as more of a vacation instead of actually like, going and being like, this is it. This is my job. Like, you know, like this was, I want to excel. And I think that that was a big kind of hindrance and probably why I fell out on my fourth year. So
0: yeah. Well, what did, so then after, did you start focusing on your studies more? I mean, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I took 15 hours, both of my last semesters, whereas I was taking full-on summer coursework. And then uh, I ended up getting an internship with Eric. (laughs) 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 Eric's, Eric's mom, actually. They... They, that was just huge. It was great. She invited me out. I stayed with them in DC, DC, Mm -hmm. Washington, DC, worked with discovery communications for a summer and then, uh, came back and was like, you know, I think this accounting bit's pretty good. Like I'm pretty good at it. And, uh, managed to land with a, uh, master's program at a smaller school and then kind of got a graduate assistantship and coach swimming well, I was down there, uh, yeah, and then the rest just kind of went.
0: So, what was your degree in? Where, where? What was your bachelor's and what was your master's?
1: So, yeah, so, at my undergraduate, I was an uh, economics major. Okay. And then, uh, after graduating in economics in, whatever that was, uh, spring, took that internship, and then... Headed back to San Marcos, and originally I was just going to do like a one-year program, accelerate it, uh, get my CPA qualifications, and then start taking the CPA with whoever paid for it. Oh, nice. Yeah. but you did get your CPA. I did. Yeah. So uh, Texas State actually had a program that was accounting and information technology.
0: Cool. I actually liked it. It was really niche.
1: Yeah. And uh, that's actually how I got my graduate assistantship through the CIS program. And I kind of found out that I was pretty good at it. And if you just stick to it, like routine, not having swimming anymore, like you focus a lot more energy into that. And yeah. I was able to really knock it out in a year and a half with taking a semester off for an internship with some accounting firm. That uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty good.
0: So. so I think that's an interesting part of it, the athletic. Like an athlete's mentality is really throwing yourself into something after your sport ends. Because mm-hmm. I've had a few. I remember former teammates that took time off, and right. you know, were were just kind of like it was their own process, their journey of things just being mm-hmm. more laid back and really um, taking time to enjoy that non-structured lifestyle right. for a bit. But I threw myself into. Complete like journalism school and mm-hmm. then kept training for an ultra marathon. I was just like, Oh, I, I, you know, I needed that
1: right
0: structure, but on my own term,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, when I was going through grad school, I was coaching swimming, but I would get out after doing like my grad hours with the teachers and everything. I would go over to the pool, swim for like an hour, swim way too much, sure, like. Thirty five hundred in an hour, which is like you know, that. Those are like put co- that in for it, It's pretty good college yard. Like okay. you're almost pushing college yards, uh, not quite. What is college very,
0: yards? Just for reference. Uh,
1: yeah. So it, it depends. Like we'd have distance swimmers swim in ten k a practice, which wow. is in two hours I think ten k to two two and a half maybe, and then usually we were anywhere between six and seven thousand for wow, two hours so two, that's I believe yeah I think that sounds right it's been about 10 years Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's weird that I remember swimming like three grand 3,500 yeah, I don't know I just, just felt such
0: a part of mm-hmm. like, I feel like that timing in yeah. your life and I know in mine has is like I'll always remember that yeah Struggle was just such it is as much as I use that term transition it is It was a transition. a transition
1: exactly. And I think that that helped that partial transition actually helped with my current routine where I have coda. you know I wake up His at dog. five yeah <laughs> my dog my, my lovely assistant. Yes. She, she's in
0: the in the room right yes. now. And wanting uh, to be pet at every moment. So if you're watching to the YouTube um, the, the video of this, then you've seen her maybe.
1: Uh, I don't she know. Maybe too low. She she's probably she's too low. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Majestic.
0: So your routine. So my Koda. routine,
1: yeah. Every day during the week, five AM. Take care of Koda for thirty minutes outside, no matter even if it's twenty degrees. Yeah. And then uh Get the hour just to myself, recoup. Get to work at seven, mm-hmm. leave at eleven, go work out. Whether it's swimming, two k, three days a week, which I still feel like's a pretty good amount of yardage for I an hour swim. Is. So, yeah. I it, I think it gets it the job <laughs> it gets the job done. I, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then get back to work at five. Finish at five. Very r- rigorous structure, like. I, I try not to let anything go outside of its lane. Yeah. Stay in your lane, bro. You Stay know? in your lane. All, your, all my activities. Cause Such gotta a slower get
0: mentality. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you
1: know, if I don't get home at five, nobody's going to take CODA out. Mm. Yeah. I'd be
0: interested to know how many former NCAA athletes currently own dogs.
1: Yeah, that would be an interesting aspect. Yeah. I mean... There are, I imagine there's probably a good majority that own cats too. I feel okay, like there. I, I feel imagine, like there are dog yeah, and I'm cat dog people, person, you know. So like, like, <laughs> like,
0: oh yeah, cats. What? <laughs> yes, and you know, let's not forget about our reptiles. The
1: reptiles, yes. There are cockatiels. Yes, people exactly. have toucans out there.
0: That's true. Okay, so
1: <laughs> nobody so maybe, has a toucan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you and I were looking at the statistics because we were curious. Mm-hmm. Um, There are 1,098 colleges that make up and universities in the NCAA. Yeah. Half a million college athletes across the 19,886 NCAA athletic teams. Mm -hmm. And of those half a million athletes, 98% of them will turn professional in something other than their sport. Mm -hmm. So that's a staggering amount. It is. 2%. 2%. Or semi pro.
1: Yeah. 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 Cuz you
0: got to put the, both of those in. I think they they said that that was part of it.
1: Yeah, just think about 500,000 people. Yeah. every year competing in sports. That's so crazy. That's crazy. I always like hearing about people's transitions or what they're doing mm-hmm. and how like I mean, I think that the transition aspect into it is always fascinating cuz there's such there's such a wide range of what could happen.
0: There's so many different routes you can yeah. go. Yeah. We've got a lot of exciting interviews coming up, but I want to still talk about you okay. because we are still getting to know mm-hmm. you and your process and um, and what you're up to now. So could you give a little bit of background on your work currently in mm-hmm. innovation and technology?
1: Yeah. And so yeah, I think uh, just to continue the story um, yes. after. I had worked my internship with that accounting firm. I was wrapping up my graduate degree, and I actually got hired on by a big four accounting firm called mm-hmm. PWC. Um, they were actually more for cybersecurity consulting, which I thought I wanted to go to yeah. into, but uh, you know, when transferred over to Houston, gave Houston two years, I like Houston as a city. I just couldn't see myself living there. Uh, have a lot of friends there. Then, was
0: it just too big, or what was the downside? Not enough uh, nature,
1: Yeah, not enough nature. I yeah, thought, I you know, that. it's super flat, which I am nothing against. I'm from Florida, yeah. but, you know. Uh, there wasn't, like, one, at, like, here in Arkansas, where I currently reside, um... We have mountain biking. I can bike to a trail and yeah. mountain bike, whereas, like, the biking out in Houston, I could bike all throughout the city, but, you know, it's all flat. There's nothing, you know, too exciting. The food, I will say, in Houston is oh, amazing. Yeah. I love... Oof. Yeah. Anyway. Food, <laughs> beside the fort. Food,
0: as in, like, cult favorites and diets and stuff like that, we should definitely talk about on oh, one yeah. of the... Um, Podcasting with one of the interviewers.
1: God, I wonder if there are any chefs out there. If there if, are any yeah. chefs, please, I would love to hear your journey and Formula what you're doing. Formerly
0: chef now. That would be yes.
1: That would be really awesome.
0: Let us know. We're open to a lot of different. Yeah. but I would really like to hear. from yeah. The chef. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, I like to pretend I'm a chef sometimes, but.
0: Salt Bay. <laughs> yeah, salt. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it on there.
1: <laughs> Needs more salt. <laughs>
0: Oh man, okay, so you were in Houston I was in Houston
1: And I was working with PwC I was wrapping up my CPA Mm -hmm. PwC has an excellent culture As far as fully mature They know how to take care of the employees And it it works really well for athletes Because there's always a grind In that sense And I felt like I was Yeah, I felt like I was grinding a lot And Doing that on top of getting my CPA on top of everything, I just kind of needed a moment, so I went to uh, Bali in Thailand for three weeks, (laughs) and uh, I wouldn't say found myself, but I was. I went out there. Yeah, I realized a lot of things about myself Mm because for two for a week we did this weird thing called Yacht Week, which is like. you know, it's the luxurious lifestyle of things and everything else. And then a week after I spent just a week in rural Thailand living it, driving scooters, trying to speak with people who don't speak English.
0: Yeah. And trying to honestly,
1: I like that aspect so much more. And I came back to Houston and the grind and I was like, why am I doing this? You know, uh, a lot of people in Southeast Asia were just happy to make it through the day. Yeah. Which I thought and thankful. Was, like, thankful.
0: towards thankful.
1: Thankful. It was, yeah. uh... It was really eye-opening from mm-hmm. that aspect. And, I mean, I realize I'm extremely privileged. Like... Yeah. But it was just cool to really see that. And I wanted to figure out how I could incorporate that more into my lifestyle. So, I basically, after I wrapped up my CPA... Um, I basically told, uh, the PwC people, I was going to be a fisherman in Alaska and they're like, wait, what? It's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm really not feeling this. And they said, hold on. And we, we have a project that may be more up your alley. Okay. And, uh, it was an innovation project and I've, they had me traveling to Tampa. Like, you'd be traveling to Tampa every week. You'd be doing a lot more um, kind of software development, mm-hmm. overseeing team, working with teams, and figuring out really creative problems or that really need creative solutions. And um, I said, all right, I'll give that a shot. And I started traveling. So I started traveling to Tampa every two weeks. And while I was Tampa... My lease had expired in Houston, so I just started flying around to different places and just crashing on people's couches wherever.
0: Your nomadic lifestyle. But the nomadic yeah. lifestyle.
1: I That's literally, I, I just have this image of me packing up everything into my, uh, everything Ford. I could into my old 98 Ford Explorer <laughs> in 2014. Wow. And... Just being like, if I can't fit it in here, it's it's gone. gone. Wow. It's gone. And I drove back to Florida and uh, stopped in Birmingham for a week, crashed at a buddy's house. Birmingham's a cool place, by the way. Hmm. Very cool place. Then driving all the way back and then starting to just hop around to like New York, Denver, San Francisco, you know, living the remote life, working remotely, and yeah. then we're flying back to Tampa. And, uh, that's kind of how I came across Arkansas. Yeah, I was going
0: to say, where so, are kind of feeling out?
1: Yeah, I was Google feeling out. Yeah, fans. Exactly. I was traveling across all the U.S. and I was like, where can I live that lifestyle where a bit more slower paced, uh, a bit more enjoyable, and, you know, where I can really find, I guess, uh... Not roots in a sense, because I have roots with you know my former teammates. Like I'll, I'll always have a place in Austin, like in yeah. my heart, right? Yeah. I, same thing with home, right? It's, it's just part of you. But I was looking for something a little bit more,
0: and a, a new chapter, a new chapter, and, new, yes. new me
1: type type ordeal, and, uh, and it my sister. Yeah, ways. yeah, it yeah. My sister actually worked. For Tyson's Chicken, located here in Arkansas, Arkansas, mm-hmm. Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, let's don't forget that the NWA. Mm-hmm. We're Northwest. we're in the NWA, mm-hmm. and I came out here and I just I I loved it. I mean, clearly, I got a house here. I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I after after that, spent about two years on that project. And then said told them, "All right, that was fun. I'm moving to Arkansas." And they they were wanting me to move to like New York or Denver. And I was like, Ugh, "I didn't I wasn't this a huge wasn't fan. You. It wasn't a, it wasn't for me." Yeah. And I said, "Well, what if what if I moved to Arkansas?" And they're like, "Well, we don't have much out there." Understandable. <laughs> yeah. Understandable.
0: I like that what I said, Like I said, "Yeah." What if yeah, I know. Right in the middle of the
1: country where they're like, That's amazing. Well, huh. we don't
0: really do much there.
1: No, like, and that's kind of where we fell out. Yeah. And it was, it was a mutual just understanding though. But I, I just remember it was one of those iconic points in my lifetime where I remember, because we do, PwC does have a small office here for, oh, okay. I think Tyson. We audit, well, PwC audits Tyson and um I remember turning in my laptop at the PwC office here because I wasn't going back to assurance. Oh, okay. And I remember walking out and like opening the door and taking a step down and being like, That's it, I'm unemployed. Yeah. Here we go. Let's figure this out <laughs> and, Obviously, I'd planned for this. Yeah,
0: I, you budgeted, I budgeted, which is probably an yeah. athlete type of mentality. Yeah, UB, Oh, yeah. like a swimmer. I planned
1: on thing. being unemployed yeah. for like six months.
0: Yeah. So you had a cushion. Uh, I had a cushion,
1: do. right? And I just started started applying for jobs, and I made for it jobs like a that you rigorous, wanted, right? right? I mean, this was more because yes. you
0: really catered it towards what your new like
1: lifestyle lifestyle is. was. Yeah. Gonna be. Yeah. So yeah. what were
0: you looking for that was different?
1: Uh, yeah i was just it sounds cliche but i was looking to be happy right yeah i was like all right i'm gonna just start sending resumes out to every employer around here i'm gonna just start figuring it out like what and then i started working as well like on side jobs doing kind of like um, not CPA work, but but I was doing accounting work for people trying to figure out if I could make the hard part about that though, for professional services, you got to know people. It was just cool to be kind of in that moment for two months where I didn't have that day in day out grind and I could really just not find myself, but really Listen just meet everybody okay. that yeah. fell into my wheelhouse. And that's how I met the Food Loops founder, right. who uh, a year passes and I'd already found a job. Side story. Yeah, but this is a good side story, though. Yeah, a year passes and I finally found a job and I was steady, like making steady income. Yeah. And I was just, you know, I wanted to see how they were doing. And I reached out to the founder and he's like, we just need help. And I was Dude, like... Food
0: Loops is an incredible organization yes. that works with composting. Yes,
1: This is not a Food Loops advertisement. No, but... but Food Loops, they do uh, full circle sustainability, which I'm a big fan of. So they yeah. distribute eco cups that are made out of corn and sugar. Not just cups, but like straws, forks, plates, you know, absolutely. plates, yeah. everything. They distribute them to local restaurants as well as collect your compost. And the beautiful thing about those... Plates and stuff is they can all fall into that compost,
0: which has been then, soil for farming. Right,
1: then they have a process to yeah, pick that stuff up, grind it down, turn it into fertilizer to make the product all over again. Yeah, and I just love the model, it's innovative. I, I love it, it. It's and easy. the owners are just awesome. Yeah, they're just great people. That's kind of how. Actually, my current job, they actually found me, and I had no idea who they were. I was like, is this a real company, or is this a scam? They reached out to me on LinkedIn, and I was like, who the hell? (laughs) And then we had the phone interview. It was good, and then we had our in-person interview, and I come in fully suited, like you know, to the T, yeah, formal. Yeah, for I was from too. a city, like, yes. yeah. I was in the city mentality, yeah, and I walk in, and there are people in shorts, flip flops. <laughs> Everybody's got a Star Wars T-shirt on, <laughs> like tech. It, it's tech. It yeah. was a software company, yeah, and. It was hilarious. Like I'm thinking to myself, man, did I just overdress? Did I screw myself for overdressing? Yeah. And we walk back to the room, and there's a half court basketball. court. I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, it was old
0: YMCA. It was right? in an it's old YMCA
1: a that got track. turned into office space. <laughs> And we go into this room where they kept, and I love this, I think this really attests to my kind of humor, Uh and I appreciated it greatly, they were the old racquetball courts, and they kept, they said, must wear protective eye." eyewear, uh, thing fast moving objects, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, just, it's just, they just left it up there. I love that. I was like, yeah, a meeting room can get pretty hostile. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: might want to wear protective eyewear,
1: but I, I, I you know, I, after, after having the interview with them, having the third and fourth round interviews, I really that
0: was your thought part. I connected with
1: these people Yeah, and, um, it was great. Like, I felt like they were a company that I would want to fight for, and, you know, I still feel that way, and it kind yeah. of has transitioned me over, because originally, I just started in customer support. Okay. I was like, eh, yeah. I'll, take a, I'll take a small job, do, like, kind of a grassroots and build, and then... Transitioned into account management and since I had my CPA, I was doing our finances and cleaning up our books on the side and okay. now it just, it continues to evolve and uh, it's because of that team aspect. Like, I want to make sure that we keep the culture. I want to fight for my team yeah. and and my role just keeps evolving, which is a good thing. It is a good thing. It just, you know, you get more into some more responsibilities, yeah. but... You know, it goes back to that team aspect where I love my team. I want to fight for them and make sure that they're doing everything like we keep our mentality. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, More things to come.
0: Absolutely. There will be updates. Mm -hmm. But what do you think made your like initial transition into more, I hate using the word "real life," but mm-hmm. more of a, a life without competing. Easier, you know. I think yeah. that's a hard for anyone that's in that spot right now, where your sports may be almost over, right. senior year, mm-hmm. maybe your sophomore year. You don't want to do it anymore. You yeah, worried what you're going to do. Do you have any advice or what yeah. worked for you?
1: Honestly, the competing aspect, I was done with it. Yeah, I was. Done with the competition. I was just toast. But the one aspect that maintained was working out, you know. And I kept that religiously, and I think that that helped, and that was therapeutic, mentally and physically. Mentally
0: and physically, like, mentally and and physically yeah. yeah.
1: And here I am finding myself, you know, eight years, nine years later, just competing in local competitions because I'm, I have that. closure. Like I feel good and. I know that I can restrain myself from getting too competitive, although I do get pretty... uh, Sometimes, like, in the things that you train for, you get pretty passionate about it, but it was... uh, It's nice being able to sign up for a 3K open water swim, train for it, and... Just focus on yourself and see what you can really push your body towards mm-hmm. instead of, you know, uh, trying to just go back to compete. The, yeah. And, yeah, like it, we'll it being your main can thing. You? Sure. Yeah, sure. it being your main thing or, you know, obviously you have goals, but you have more pressing things in life from my from my aspect. You have more yeah. pressing things in life to me, get caught up in that stuff. Which is a relief. I you think.
0: have phases, you know? You yeah, can more definitely. Towards, towards different things now in life. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: I love hearing how other people transition. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's extremely. I, I think it's very healthy to talk about your process right because there are gonna be there are gonna be a lot of athletes out ex-athletes out there who had those hard times and who will open up and you know express their stories and I my end goal and what I'm really hoping for in this aspect is it's that sense of community To know that you're not alone as far as if you're not feeling that great or if you feel like you're on top of the world and then you get hit by a bus when your sport ends or like, you know, that transition process. That's the whole thing, right? Exactly. Talk about it. Talk about your experiences. Talk about how you correlate. But I
0: think it, it, it is important to know that there are more out there that have been through it. Oh, yeah. That are... Thriving in new careers. Oh yeah! And it'll be exciting to explore
1: that too. Yeah, definitely. And it's always exciting. Like, I'm hoping that we get some older people on too, because like I love yeah. swimming. Like swimming is just a great example because I don't swim on a masters team. I don't pay for swimming, but like my lunchtime swim group, I go there. They're a bunch of ex ex athletes who you know are just having a good time. And like, swimming
0: is great for longevity for your joints. Oh yeah, I mean, running—it's—it's—it takes a toll, and I've yeah. already seen that. Which um, yeah, we have. Which we will talk about on a different episode about how um, since meeting you, I've started to swim more. And yeah. I think since meeting me, you probably run more. This podcast is that. brought
1: to you by USA Swimming.
0: Yeah, Give <laughs> more people you. swimming. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Watch it. the sport. Come on.
0: <laughs> yes. No, but um, but I think that's an interesting aspect, too, when you start um, focusing or trying out different sports than the one that you excelled at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we would love to hear from any athletes that are in transition, have gone through it, mm-hmm. or would like to share your story. And I know we said this at the beginning of the podcast, but
1: it's important to reiterate.
0: It's important. If you are interested, you can find us on Instagram. the um, yeah. Believe Podcast Network on their website, um, also on the YouTube channel. If you like
1: what you hear, like us on Facebook. Actually, I don't. We, <laughs> I don't do. I don't do Facebook. So uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I don't do that kind of stuff very well. <laughs> uh, I just hear people say that. And yeah. then I'm like, it feels that like makes sense. That
0: say. Yeah.
1: I'm a terrible PR person. Well, <laughs> if you can
0: find us on all of the platforms that you listen for your podcast mm-hmm. on Spotify, iTunes, and on the Bleed Podcast Network, you can find all of our episodes. And if you like it, subscribe and leave a review because your comments and reviews Mean a lot to us.
1: Yeah, we just want to keep these stories going. So Mm -hmm. please, if you like what we're doing and you have a story to tell, we're listening.
0: If you or a former athlete, you know, would like to be a guest on the podcast, you can reach us on Instagram or on the Believe podcast website. And for all my visual learners, you can follow along on YouTube to watch the podcast as well.